Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, all you brothers and sisters out there in Geekdom. Welcome to episode 274 of Geek Soul Brother and the Nerdy Fams. I'm Geek Soul Brother, and I'm putting the funk in the final frontier. And I was so excited to have our guest on the show uh, in this episode, Michelle Lavretta, the creator of Lost Girl and Killjoys, the Sci-Fi Channel uh, original series. And... Um, it was great to have her on the show. She 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 was such a treat to talk to, uh, to talk about Killjoys, to talk about how she came up with uh, Lost Girl and some of her other properties and how she got started, and definitely had some uh, advice for writers and even people aspiring to be showrunners. She had a little advice about that. Really appreciated her. Uh, had a nice uh, hour long interview. So so we got a chance to really. Uh, dig deep into some of the sci-fi that uh, that she's been creating and that we love. Uh, also, of course, we did our nerdy news. We did some box office totals and stuff like that. And uh, had a good conversation after. Check us out in iTunes and Stitcher. If you do, rate and subscribe to the show. Also, leave a comment. Really appreciate that. Find me on GeekSoulBrother.com where I have reviews and trailers. I'm also putting up all these interviews that we've been getting on the podcast. So check that out on GeekSoulBrother.com. And while you're there, hit that donate button. Really help us out with equipment and getting the show better in quality and stuff like that. And, and putting it even more into the uh, into the internets. So definitely uh, help us out with that. Uh, find me on Facebook, Twitter, Google+, YouTube. Got some nice videos up on YouTube now, so check that out. Also, if you have any questions or comments, email me at geeksoulbrother at gmail.com. And for all your nerdy news, just check out 5 Nerdy Venoms, F-I-V-E, Nerdy Venoms, where the private and the rest of the Venoms, they put up news every day for you guys to, uh, you know, get, get excited over. And if you want to check us out live, just listen to us on TalkShoe.com. TalkShoe, like you wear, .com. And uh, we record Tuesdays, 10 p.m. Eastern. So check us out there. And uh, if you want, you can even join the conversation. Other than that, just watch out for the language. Uh, watch the kiddies around because it's, a, you know, we got a little bit of adult language in there. And, um, and, and uh, Michelle was very comfortable, so she fit right in. Hope you guys enjoy the show. Hope you guys enjoy the interview as much as we did. You guys, take care. Peace. We're going to have to pick so, your brain yeah. later about, um, about Calgary. I have to uh, go to a con there in a couple of weeks. And I'm Are you to coming to out. the Calgary Comic Con? Uh -oh. Oh, I am. I am, I'm, and I've never been. So I'm going to be there. Well, chat. <laughs> nice, nice. And then just email me tips on where to go for beers, and, oh. and I'll be good. She'll take you to go okay. get go get beers. Oh yeah, back. <laughs> it's good. We'll I get lost with, easily. So. We'll hang out with my cousin from looking for group. Well, it'll be awesome. Is that like a real thing, or is that like when you have like a friend at camp, or you know your Canadian girlfriend? <laughs> 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 
this one exists, right? We're not yeah. just going to go into like a forest and you're going to kill me or something. There's a real question. Well, actually, actually y'all going to go out for beers and she's going to be talking to an invisible person. But don't, <laughs> do not make eye contact with the invisible person. Just, just, nice. Michelle, just use her as what? a character in your next show. That's all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. JD, why do you have that smoke on your hand? <laughs> oh, no yeah, pressure. By the all way, right. Lars is on. He's saying, I do exist. So, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's up? Hello, Hi, Lars. I, I think we're ready to, uh, I think we're ready to get started for listening audience. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, geeks everywhere. I'm Geek Soul Brother, and I got my Fire Nerd Venoms with me, and we're putting the funk in the final frontier. And we have a special, special guest tonight, Michelle Lavretta of... Uh, Creator, I hope I said it right, Michelle. Creator, that's right. Creator of uh, Lost Girls and Killjoys and a, a number of other shows, written for Relic Hunter, mm-hmm. Mutant X, The Secret Circle. Just a, a, a prolific writer, and uh, currently, um, uh, like I said, the showrunner of Killjoys. Michelle, welcome to the show. We really appreciate you being here. Thank Yay. you. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> <laughs> I like the special effects you have in the background. That's really yeah, that's, good. <laughs> that's why worth, worth the money. <laughs> so, so Michelle, let, let me, as as always, um, I introduce my nerdy Venoms to the listening audience and, of course, to yourself. And uh, Venoms, please keep your music intros to a minimum. <laughs> yes, please. Right. Actually, just play him afterwards. Just say hi to Michelle. We got uh, we got Toby Wan Kenobi. Hi to Michelle. Thanks. <laughs> That's the best <laughs> name ever. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. We have M. Dolph on the call. Hi to Michelle. Hi. <laughs> we have, um, we have uh, J.D., a.k.a. Twitterella. Hey. <laughs> Hello. That's it. Yeah, sure. I just love it. All these names, they're like getting better and better. Yeah, they're all getting better. We have uh, the private. Hi to Michelle. Hi there. <laughs> and uh, we, also, we also have, we have our silent uh, nerdy venom. We have a shadow scout. On the call, but she's she's gonna remain silent. Uh, Wait, I can't say stuff. hi. I can't say hi. You can nope. say hi. Hi. <laughs> hi. hi there. <laughs> she's just avoiding me giving her her sentencing from last week as exactly. well. Exactly. I'm going back in my corner now. <laughs> and last but not least, we have our cousin for years now. He's been our cousin from another podcast, on, on, uh, a new podcast unbeknownst to us right now. He's changing uh, he's changing venues, but we have Lord Dalek on the call. Hi, Michelle. <laughs> Hi there. <laughs> really, Eeyore? Really? <laughs> you think he sounds down, but that's actually his up move. Oh, yes. Yeah, it is. It's doing backflips right now. So Michelle, we want to get into it. Um, just, just you know, conversation and stuff is is so fascinating that um, that uh, uh, you you have these shows on Lost Girls. I I was trying to turn these guys on to Lost Girls a while ago, because I thought it was so such a great show and and so original and stuff. And now you have Killjoys. And, but I want to go back and um, just ask you, really, how you got started into writing and uh, what what attracted you to. Uh, sci-fi and fantasy uh i have absolutely no other skills 
Perfect. Basically, it decided us. for me. Yeah, yeah. And I actually am not the sort of writer that's like, and I'm so good at this. It's just they will pay me for it, so I will show up. Um, you show up. That. Yeah, that's that's how I got into the writing thing. No, literally, like I can't add or anything. So um, <laughs> neither can we. That. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's self-determined. Um, but but genre um, is just something that I, I write from the very beginning. Um, I did start, you know, with um, half-act poetry, etc., from a very, very, very young age. Um, mm. And then the things that I like, and I'm, I'm sure this is kind of something that's this communal territory for all of us mirrors is basically stuff that was high fantasy, you know, whether it was science fiction, whether it's any form of spec. Uh, and for me, the particular opening was... Um, more mythology, you know, okay. learning Greek myths, then that segued into learning about uh, more of the Celtic myths, which got into fairy lore um, and eventually got into fantasy. And then the last piece of it that I found when I was still quite young was um, was actual science fiction. The right. only thing that I haven't been as drawn to in spec uh, has been horror, and I think that's only because it's often fairly nihilistic, and I'm a bubbly fucker, and, um, <laughs> you know, so I just, I just don't want, with the constant rape and murder, I'm a little bit kind of wanting to get away from, from that, so my horror has to have some sort of comedy or, or joy or something in it, which is a little harder to do, so. That, um, you're right, so that's, that that's, is harder to do, but I, I love comedy horror. I think we all. Yes. Yeah, yeah definitely, yeah. and I was just saying something, Today, uh, Army of Darkness was one of the first things that I oh. fell into when I was younger, being like, ooh, this is a fun little combo. And Sam Raimi and all that sort of, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Um, I, I can tell, you can tell by Lost Girl how much you're into, like, the the Celtic, the fairy lore, and, and even the mythology, even like, um, you, you know, kind of like the Greek mythology, I guess, or just, mm-hmm. just mythos in general and stuff. Um. How do you go about uh, building your worlds and, and the process of like creating your characters and stuff? Um, I I think part of that's just organic. You know, it's uh, are you guys yourselves? Are you sort of writers or fan fiction writers, or what's your sort of connection here and there. to the genre? When yeah. you love it, yeah, mixed bowl of soup. Yeah, I, I write so. I, so I think in the end, sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. Uh, I was just going to say, I think in the end that this, you know, it is something that is kind of, I think, um, common ground for most writers. It's a, it's a bit of an organic process, you know. Often, um, I, I think writers are the very few and lucky people in the world that are allowed to hear voices in their heads, um, and nobody judges them for it. But essentially, that's what it is, you know. Like I, I will, I will literally hear just snippets of sentences, and that's what a character comes from. And after I get the character, um, I usually sort of know the world that they're in. I don't, I don't come at it at all from a, a clinical or um, like a formulaic uh, commercial. Yeah, nothing. I know, they, literally, I'm just a lazy, bored person like everybody else in the world who's like, shit, there's nothing on TV I want to watch, and I'm on a couch. But the privilege that I have is, I'm like, okay, well, what, what, what would you like to see? And tell myself my own story in my head and ultimately put that on the page. And I've just been very lucky that people are willing to pay um, to help a lot that out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause shows, shows are a lot of money. They're, they're, they're expensive. Um, <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's it. <laughs> it's, it's just basically just 
Some yeah. of them look cheap, but they're not cheap. Yes. Yeah, oh, God damn it. Science fiction is expensive. It's amazing how much it costs to make something that can sometimes still not look expensive. It's, it's, uh, it is a, it's a tricky mistress. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure even Z Nation. <laughs> I'm sure I even think, yeah. Has a great, has a pretty good budget there. You know, I, I, I asked the uh, world building thing because, um, like yourself, some people start with characters. I, I find myself starting with a world and kind of um, in, in my stories. I don't mm-hmm. write a lot, but I come up with a lot of concepts. And they're, right. you know, they're uh, start with the world and then kind of pick the characters out of the world and stuff. But but um, but you end up starting with the characters. So how how um what what was was a uh, lost girl something that you wanted to do for a while or was it just something that kind of sprung up after all the other uh uh material that you had written all the shows in the past it was sort of emerging um prodigy uh there was a a woman who was originally working with prodigy years ago who i had worked with on mutant x um uh named karen wolfie and um, they had something in development that had sort of a kernel of something um, that was a, I, can't, I never read the original thing because I'm not sure exactly what it's about, but it seems a bit more of a science fiction version of somebody being able to use uh, sex, sort of more of like a Nikita with sex. I think it was more of a military type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm. they, they liked that area. So they were sort of like, you know, is there something in here? So it, it was fun and not something I'm used to where you have a literal... Uh, a literal original kernel that kind of narrows at least, you know, rather than you just sitting back and thinking, what of all the million things out there would I like to do? There's like in this area, what would you like to do? So um, I came back with, I think it was like 13 or something, you know, this could be this and this could be that. And the one that I didn't think they would go with uh, was I'm like, what if she's a succubus? And it's, you know, right. it's actually about, you know, there's Faye and all these other things and God bless them. They were like, yeah, that's that's the one that we want to support. We think that that would be great. So um, I don't know that I would have been bold enough if it wasn't for them saying, no, we're totally cool. We're going to back this. We're uh, we're looking for something that's not hetero. We're looking for something that is. Um, uh, I think I was more interested in looking at gender politics per se than they were. Just that's my bent. Um, yeah. But having that permission of them being like, this is a cool area. We want you to come up with a world within this area was, uh, was a real luxury. And, and, uh, I'm always going to be grateful for that. Yeah. That's a shoot. That's, <laughs> that's an opportunity right there. Cause, um, yeah, both started, uh, like kind of, uh, 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 gender fluid, right? Yes. Okay. Well, no, she's not gender fluid. She's not gender fluid. Bo is, Bo is, um, I would say fairly fixed. Um, in gender, but she's definitely her sexuality and her orientation. I would say is is um, bisexual. Um, okay, I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's cool. I mean, they're all there. There's various different sort of um, definitions of it. Um, but for her and for my definition of her, I would say that she was always bisexual. Um, right, right. And the liberty to be able to do that was something I was very, very keen on. Um, and it just sort of fits with the way that I see the world. So it was nice to be able to do a show. And frankly, I think some of that's also a little bit of back in the day, because this was, oh, God, when we developed it, it was probably, shit, it could be almost eight years ago now. Yeah, mm. yeah eight or nine years ago, I think. Um, and uh, so a little bit ahead of the curve there. And I think part of that really goes to being in Canada, where everyone's like, yeah, totally cool, you're gay, we don't care. 
<laughs> so oh, it's okay. like, okay, good. Very true. A little bit yeah. more accepted. Yeah. Well, yeah, Bo's bisexual, and she's also bi uh, species. Because she, like, she's all about the yeah. humans. In she's the... all about the bi. She's just up and down bi. Everything she's about the bi. I bi. Bi bi. Yeah, exactly. No, that that was fun, too. Because like, in the end, I really enjoy properties, and I think that this is the amazing part about genre is that I'm just never going to be a straight-ahead sort of a political person, and so therefore my work will never be. But in – I mean, it's the thing that we all loved about Outer Limits and the things we loved about oh, yeah. Star Trek and is you can sort of look at stuff and say stuff, and it's – you have those liberties because you're also dealing with, you know, mutants and demons and fun stuff. So people aren't, they're a little bit more relaxed about you presenting a worldview that is different from what the majority might be comfortable with. And I it's, think that's a great liberty. It's amazing that you could fit almost anything into science fiction. Yeah. Or, or into yeah, fantasy. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I had, uh, done a post one day that said uh, is science fiction a genre or a setting that you could put other mm -hmm. stuff in and you, you know a lot of people says both or whatever but it, it's just amazing how um, how uh, useful sci-fi and fantasy is Definitely. oh yeah I mean it, and, and not just useful but I think for all of us whether we're creating it or you know um, absorbing it through reading or or um, media film and television it's also just enjoyable shit because of that you know it's it's not confined to these tidy little boxes i mean when i'm watching something that is a legal show or a lawyer uh, excuse me a medical show um there's just certain conventions to it and i think that's what's great about genre is often it's about busting conventions you know mm -hmm. and so you you don't know what you're going to get you know you can it, it's it's a broader canvas and uh and i think all the all the more enjoyable for it Right, right. Tell me some. Um, do you like? Right, because because e even though uh, uh, Anna Silk is a star with the uh, Lost Girl and and Bo is definitely the main character, uh, do you do you like writing an ensemble cast like everybody? Because all of them had interest in. I mean, uh, Dyson and and um, what's her name? Bo's uh, uh, the the doctor. Yeah. Lauren, they, yeah, Dr. Lauren. They all I had think, interesting um, backgrounds and interesting uh, presence. With Lost Girl in particular, I knew it was going to be a larger ensemble. I wanted to have uh, things to play against. Um, and because I was dealing with sexuality, I wanted her to have um, a male and female love interest. Um, and the, actually, the first episode that I ever did of that show, <laughs> so we filmed it. We filmed it as a you know quote unquote pilot. But when we were in development, the network had said they want a um, I can't remember the term. <laughs> in my ten o'clock brain sample episode. Mm -hmm. I think is what the phrase is. Pilot. So basically, what you do at that, <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, so at this stage, basically what you do is you're like, well, I'm going to, you want to sell it. So you want to come up with the most compelling one when you're kind of free because you're like, you're just imagining, okay, what the hell could happen in season episode two or, you know, episode eight. Um, so what I wrote ended up being um, episode eight of season one. We didn't know where it was going to fall. I was just was making shit up, but I wanted to make up an episode where I was like, okay, here's 
a fight that she has at the beginning uh, with the man and show that the relationship she has with the woman at the end is something that is more substantial and it's not just, you know, um, service for a bunch of male fans. It's kind of got that, obviously, because that's fun shit, too, the, the, the sexy part. But um, it was important to me to show that it wasn't just going to be simply titillation because you see right. show where you're like, it's a bunch of sexual subjects. I'm basically expecting porn. Um, so I <laughs> wanted to... You know, not a bad sales tool, um, right. but I wanted to sort of clarify that, that this is something that we needed to take seriously and, and be, um, you know, be real with. Um, well, that's what attract. So, that's what's so attractive to a show is that it it you can tell that's not just titillation, but you you know there's some emotion behind it, and the other characters have emotion, and she's kind of caught in the middle, the light, the dark thing, and. Um, it, it, it transcended, yeah, it, it definitely transcended the surface level, you know, sexuality. Hopefully, I guess it could be. yeah, hopefully, thank you. I mean, it, it's um, that's the only part of it that would have made it interesting to me for multiple years, you know, is, and that's why we had the ensemble. As I needed, it was important to me to have the platonic best friend, um, it was important for me to have the male love interest, the female love interest, the father figure. So that one was very clearly from the beginning, something that I knew they were all going to have important roles. Um, Children's is a bit different because it's a small ship. So, and we only have 10 episodes. Um, Lost Girl had 13. And so I basically spent the first uh, season of Killjoys putting in these characters that were each attached to one of our separate worlds because it's a uh, planet and three moons. Um, So that we had people we could return to and that, you know, had currency in those worlds emotionally for us and also frankly a bit of a test to say who do we like who does the audience like who has chemistry together to figure out then how do we build a larger ensemble which is something we're doing in second season now how did you pitch uh killjoys did you it's it's um it's a joint venture between space and uh sci-fi channel it is yeah um what was great in this process was um, at the time, the network in Canada, which is sort of what pulled me back, I'd been living in the States, um, they had a, this cool program, which I think it's called Writers Only, um, where you don't need to work with a production company. You can work straight with the network. And obviously that means you've got you know less voices, less notes. Uh, it's, it's just a purer process. So again, I pitched some things where I'm like, well, they're never going to do that because nobody's done the spaceship show in a million years. And they said, yes. And I was like, well, okay. Um, and kind of, <laughs> every time I think I call their bluff, the networks are cool enough and cooler than I expect they will be. And they're like, yes, we'll do your crazy show. Um, that's cause and, you got uh, that, uh, you got that geek street cred. That's what yeah. <laughs> apparently, I don't know. I just, I, I, I was, I'm really fucking kind of a fairy in a past life or something because yeah, I'm, I have a street cred. <laughs> Good luck. Um, and so, yeah, we, I went with them and I gave them the pitch and they were immediately, it was just off of. I think it was like a paragraph I had sent them or something and then a phone call and they said, yeah, go ahead, develop that. And it was a really smooth, fast process. And the only thing I'd say is that I ended up uh, giving them like a 40-page Bible as part of it to kind of really shore up what the world is, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah, I read and, in the article uh, that you, uh, you're, you go in deep when it comes to the show Bibles. Yeah, yeah, it helps me. I have to try and figure out the world and... Um, and I've done one for every season, and there's usually, and Kildred's is usually a secret part of each Bible, mm-hmm. um, which I only share with the writers in the network, uh, because it has kind of, you know, long arc mythology secrets and stuff in it. Um, 
how, how long does it... More... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, it's okay. Um, I was just going to say, there's more and more pressure, I think, out there from fans and from networks to serialize stuff, and so you really have to sort of know it in advance and, you know, mm -hmm. have, be able to pitch what, what you think season three is and all that kind of stuff. How long does it take you to develop a show before you even uh, kind of get it going with the network uh, 100%? Like your well, own personal case, development? Um, not super long. I don't like going... I like getting paid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know... I'm yeah. gonna be that girl, but I'm gonna be that girl. Yeah, I, I don't want to. I don't want to go at this stage like I'm gonna spend six months coming up with it. I, I know uh, the joy of Killjoys was basically um, knowing in my head. I knew the Dutch character very firmly. I knew that I had done uh, Kenzie and and Bo uh, in Lost Girls, so I didn't want to do a female female best friendship. But I always have to have a best friendship in the core of my show. It's just an important mm. part of relationships for me. So. Uh, that brought about, you know, that relationship. And so all those pieces fell in, and that's the important stuff for me. I, I'm really interested in the characters and their relationships um, because that's where you're going to get most of your stories from. And uh, once that came together and I had the world, um, it, was, it was, you know, I didn't have to go too deep in it for the networks for them to just say, okay, let's, you know, uh, now we're, we're on board, we're signing on, and let's see where you want to go. So that was great. Right, right. Um, did uh, you, you know what's great is that um, there's so many shows on Sci-Fi now that have female leads, female protagonists. Um, uh, Dark Matter. What mm -hmm. else is there? Uh, 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 Why no? Was it uh, Winona Earp? Yep. I think is on now and um, uh, Hunters. I haven't and, seen that yet. Is Hunters uh, a female lead? It. Yes, kind of. It, okay. it, yes, kind of. It, it's strong female lead presence. It's like a team. Right, okay. It's like a team, and um, I she's there. <laughs> she's there. <laughs> she's she's in your face, and she's not. You, you know, she's like kind of um, you know helping to move the story forward. Right. Very cool. Yeah. And also, uh, what, what was just on? Show that I love so much, uh, uh, the the expanse. Oh yes, yes. And it's just like I don't know. Do you feel like, um, not that we've arrived with uh, being being a hundred percent good with you know female leads on TV shows, especially sci-fi mm -hmm. and fantasy, but do do you think we're uh, we're at a pretty good pace? of getting great uh, female characters? Or, or do you think there's still a little bit more to develop when it comes to uh, showing female characters in different ways on, on uh, the big and small screen? Well, I think definitely there's always room for being able to show a bit more variety. I, I mean, frankly, we do pigeonhole ourselves in terms of there's a particular look and there's a particular beauty that we always also aim for. There's a certain body weight. Like, so there are, and that's for male and female. Um, that's kind of just going to always be a bit of the convention, I think, of, of um, how we idealize things in television. But, you know, you think of a lot of the British shows that are out there, and they aren't quite prescriptive in that same way. Right. Um, so I, I'm somebody who's, who, I'm a bit bored by sameness. So if people, if it's, it's not even 
the female aspect of it. I'm always going to write those shows because that's what's important to me, and that's where you know a lot of the people um, that come to mind are. But it's also there was just a period of time where the hero's journey in sci-fi or in genre was always that same dude, and it just got a little dry and same and boring. Um, Absolutely. So it's you know, and and so you kind of you notice things that are different, and and I crave things that are different, and so it's great, and I think that there are more people doing that. Um, it is still in the mold in most genre where it is a woman who kicks ass. So there will eventually become too much sameness with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then hopefully we will be able to evolve into shows where we can have the super sensitive male lead in genre that doesn't fight right. and vice versa. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just always looking for something that is, it's just a bit more novel. It's not a lot. I mean, it's not like I'm breaking any ground or anything, but stuff that's just a little, um, a little fresher than what I've been absorbing as a, as a fan, as an audience member. Um, and right. I think that most creators are doing the same thing. So, you know, um, there is always room for change. And I think that what I'm saying is that there, that need for change never stops. You know, like you have right. to keep changing it. Um, otherwise, you are putting everybody into these little tiny print boxes. Yeah, I, th- I, I guess the journey is to... Uh come as close to reality that you can come with your story but yeah not keep it boring not keep it the same and stuff like that because in reality we're all different and yet we're all connected with a certain type of sameness you know stuff like that did um did you uh did you set out did you write uh dutch the 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 you know, leader of uh, Killjoys. Did you write her as um, uh, a person of ethnicity also? Oh, yeah. Or did that just always... come from the... No, that was... She was from the moment that she appeared in my brain. She was always either black or biracial. She was black or biracial in the Bible. And, and part of the reason that I put photos, frankly, in the Bible, and, and <laughs> this is a little thing that you do when you're trying to sell the networks where you're like, look, it's Angelina Jolie as my lead character. It's not. Um, right. People give them right. an idea for type, you know? So it's like a... Um, but part of why I actually wanted to do that was I wanted to make it clear to all the um, potential future network or business partners that that was very clearly my goal, that she was never going to be white. Um, and I, in fact, all the meetings that I had with the production companies, was that was brought up where I'm like, just so we're all clear. Um, and then I felt like an asshole because they're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> you're like, no big deal. I'm like, all right. Yeah, good for you. Pat yourself on the shoulder. We're totally fine with you. <laughs> Why is she barking yeah. at us? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it was it was really it was great. Um I I was just concerned because I in genre, frankly, one of the deals that you have really is uh the international sales and people will always, you know, trot that out to you if you're trying to do something interracial romance or non-white lead they're like will it sell in germany and i'm like i really don't know because i'm right. not german i hope so you know i'm like I, um but you hear less and less of that so that's that's a good right. thing right. well it's especially in genre is so um it's so cross-cultural because it's fantasy it's sci-fi and we all can relate Right, we, we we all can relate to the characters, but we don't have to feel like, oh, that's a German story, so I can't connect with that. No, it's a, 
some German guys, but they're on a moon base and they're fighting aliens. And I can relate to that because I got to fight, you know, my bosses at my job or something like, you know, whatever. (laughs) You know, and it's well, there's an interesting there's an interesting thing though because I mean, ultimately, um, I don't I'm I'm not a uh, or I try not to be a pretentious person artiste type thing. I understand that it is a business, and I'm I'm very fortunate that people are willing to risk money on the things that I'm doing, and I believe that I am responsible for making some decently good shit that they're like, yes, we can sell this. But in that process, as the business mind, you start realizing there is a difference between the American market and the other markets we sell. While you speak of these German shows, we don't see them on our American airwaves. We don't import them and say, here's something with subtitles. Enjoy. Like, that's just not something that our market is interested in. Yeah, it's very um, rare. Yeah, you know, it's just uh, some some Brit ones, but I it's it's weird. Sometimes you'll see they'll put subtitles on on British shows, you know. And, and mm. as someone who's lived across the border, back and forth, back and forth since childhood, it's it's Canadians are a little bit more comfortable with the importing of things. Um, but then it goes the other way, which is American legal and medical shows get huge. American audiences can pay for themselves, don't have to worry so much about the international sales. Us in genre, we have a different hurdle. We, in the past, have had uh, smaller and more cable viewership and fairly expensive budgets for that because otherwise you get hand puppets (laughs) (laughs) for your creatures. Um, so or we really do rely upon, yes, which I loved. I mean, it was great. Yeah. But, <laughs> let's, 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 not, let's not speak bad of Dr. No. No. no, that's why we're like, oh, that's cheeky and adorable, and we, we love it. But in the end, it, it does mean we are more beholden to being able to sell internationally and appeal to those audiences. It's a, it's, there's just a weird inverse in, in, in my, you know, my... Uh, understanding of how the how the process works. So, who we market to and and who we are, um, who helps us make the sausage, um, is is a different uh, algorithm for those of us in genre or in smaller cable things versus those of us in massive American broadcast. Is there? Um, well, two questions, totally unrelated. Um, I, it, it's cool. What you're saying is interesting because Hannah, uh, uh, Hannah John Kamen, mm-hmm. is is the actress that plays Dutch. Yes, she's uh, yes. she's biracial, and she's mm-hmm. got the she's got the, uh, I guess the uh, 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 English accent or you know yeah. something close. I'm bad with the accent, so she could have been it's Australian. English, you know, <laughs> Man, dude, you are really bad. Yo, you should have them try to try to do it. <laughs> no. You're not going to hear Geek Soul Brothers Cockney accent. Not <laughs> that would be awesome, though. We're all going to pause for a moment at the end and just allow you to do it. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, she's she's there. You can tell that the actress is, you know, international. If they're, you, you know, it's a Canadian, um, uh, uh, it's a Canadian Sci-Fi Channel venture, and it's got several actors from different areas and stuff so right there is kind of that international thing so i i don't know i just feel i I just feel like and you hear a lot of english actors in sci-fi anyway so i feel like i I feel like um yes it's probably hard to sell it overseas but you're already dealing with international uh presence i guess i think um, yeah and i 
I, I was just gonna say, I think uh uh was the charge at Hunters. I think there's a brother on there from Australia. And he, I think it shoots in Australia, doesn't it? It might it, it might actually shoot in Australia. I did do some research for it. I actually liked it. The first episode was pretty good, but there there's there's definitely some international presence there. But I'm sorry to cut you off. What were you gonna say? No, um, I'm mostly just agreeing, and and I think that uh, I think that the shows now do very well. I think the international thing I was speaking of was more sort of back in the day a little bit. At least I hope it's back in the day uh, when you did have a harder time if you had a non-white lead or you had uh, an interracial romance or the heart of your show or gay people or any of these things that were maybe um, what we would consider. Uh, sort of more of a North American comfort level than some of the other places you were selling to. I think that's changed. Um, certainly we were, I haven't had any trouble with Lasko. Lasko's done very well. Uh, Kilders are doing very well. Um, so I'm, it's more of me hoping that that was a little bit, I'd say like maybe 10 years ago. Um, mm-hmm. Not that things have been completely, you know, absolved or fixed not in any of those directions. Um, but I do think it much like the female leads, it is doing a bit better each time. It, it It's just amazing because almost every show I can think of on sci-fi channel has either definitely either female protagonist or um, that's like even dark matters. It's an ensemble cast. Everybody gets their shine, but the leader of the group is um i forgot her name but she's she's a uh, female she's a mixed uh uh, uh heritage mm-hmm. and um and she's you know she's there she's calling the shots and she's kind of making a uh, uh, point in the direction of where the story goes where the the ship or the crew or whatever and she kind of worked herself character wise she worked herself into the leadership role and even Z Nation, um, uh, you have those strong characters and stuff, female characters helping out and stuff. I, I, I do feel like there's a shift. As you say, it's not perfect. It's, it's still got a ways to go, but there's definitely a shift happening, at least on the sci-fi channel, there seems to be. I think the real shift will happen when we actually have that translate to big-budget, successful, uh, female-led action and or adventure feature films. Feature films, yeah. Hollywood opening yeah. their doors? Yeah, so I mean, like, that's... <laughs> the hell <Maybe>. you say? <laughs> now, now do yeah. you think, when, when you say the feature films, because we, we've had a few... The, the, teen, the teen fantasy, you know, stuff, a lot of it's now, like Hunger Games and... Um, was it Mortal Instruments and uh, Fifth mm-hmm. Wave? All about the young girl that's, you know, that that's fighting for a cause and she causes a revolution to happen and stuff like that. It, which is, you know, that's something that we've been waiting for and stuff. But what what I think you're saying is, correct me if I'm wrong. Like having an adult female yeah. lead in a big budget film. Yeah, yeah, I I think that. Um... You know, a lot of why I got into genre uh, as as an actual, uh, you know, not in novels, which was my original thought, um, was stuff like Ripley and Aliens, you know, and yes. Sarah Connor. And, and um, uh, I think that 
it's been a long time since I've been able to sort of see a female league uh, the way just strictly the way that I would like to see her uh, as wish fulfillment on the big screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I actually had just randomly been saying something on, online the other day that um, one of the reasons that Dutch has the, the British accent that she has is I'm a huge fan of Naomi Harris. Um, and mm. if you think back to her and is it 28 days later, I think, yeah. um, yeah, she was amazing. Later. Yep. So good. And yeah. I feel like if she had been a dude back then, then she would have had like an action franchise, like her with a machete. You know, <laughs> she was amazing. Um, right. and yeah. I, I would love to have seen that is all I'm saying. And, and you know, that it goes in cycles and, and we'll get that again, but um, I, I, you know, there's just been so many male-led action uh, superhero movies, all of which are really various uh, flavors of awesome. Some are hilarious, some are dark. Um, none of them seem to be expressly female. Right. Somebody had a question? I want to make sure my nerdy venoms have a... I don't, I don't hog the mic when it comes to <laughs> I had a question. Okay, I, I have a question too, so... Go first. One at a time. Right. Ladies right. first. Go, M Dog. Yeah, go ahead. Go first. <laughs> <laughs> no, let M Dog go first. I'll go second. All right. I was just curious. Um, did Killjoys have any sort of anime influences? At least when I was watching it, I felt like there was kind of like this vibe that reminded me of Cowboy Bebop or anything like that. No, I honestly would like to be cool and lie and say that I'm super into graphic novels and anime and uh, and manga and all that kind of stuff, but. Uh, not because I'm old. <laughs> I miss that. She says that. Um, yeah, yeah, right. Like I'm like, nah. Um, I have since come to sort of. Uh, I've got a, a brother-in-law that um, has shared a bunch of stuff with me after the fact, uh, and uh, I'd like to catch up on a bunch of it when I'm sort of done Killjoys. But no, while I'm aware of Cowboy Bebop, um, I haven't seen it, um, mm. and. Uh, and we sort of went a little bit more of the graphic novel aesthetic in um, Lost Girl, sort of with the opener. And I think with Killjoys, we were going a little bit more. Um, there's a, a movie I loved that was really... Uh, Constantine, the movie, was, again, not the comic uh, yeah. graphic bad, novel. But, but it was good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that, was, that was a touchstone for Lost Girl, that look. And then for Killjoys, it was more like Blade Runner meets Outland, um, the old Sean Connery um, movie. Yes. I don't know if anyone okay. remembers that one. Yeah. He, um, nope. It was like a cop working on a mine. Yeah. On the moon. Uh, Outlander. Outland. I'm sorry. Yeah. Outlander. Outland. Yeah. Outlander's different. I keep confusing yeah, the two of them in my different. name, but yeah. I think if Sean Connery was the star of Outlander, it'd be a very different show. It <laughs> really would. There'd be less nudity. <laughs> or less wanted nudity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I would just like, be Zardoz. You know <laughs> it just be Zardoz and you know it. Exactly. <laughs> oh, God, Zardoz. Zardoz. Part two. <laughs> oh, I love that there was like no manscaping whatsoever in Zardoz. Yeah. <laughs> I don't oh, think it was any like, back then oh, at all. Yeah. <laughs> They, they were just like, that's fine, man diaper and just do what you want. The <laughs> 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 bold no. move. And yeah, go. They set the set themselves. The gut is good. The penis is evil. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was the beginning of manscaping. Right after that movie, they were like, oh, <laughs> we gotta fix something. <laughs> this is 
the origin story. That's funny. <laughs> I want to follow up M Doll's question, but I want to let JD go first. About Zardoz? <laughs> yes. About Zardoz. I have to go oh. after the manscaping question? That's yes. Yeah, you lovely. do. Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. For Dark Matters, actually, because I, I, I love that show and Killjoys, etc. Mm-hmm. Do you get to help with the picking of the actors that are. Because I, I love the Canadian cast that you've picked out. I know I've seen a lot of them in other shows, and I was thrilled that half of them got into, again, Killjoys and Dark Matters and, you know, Lost Girl. Uh, again, watched all of them, seen the series, so I'm, I can't wait till Killjoys comes back. And Dark yes, Matters, which you. is when exactly? Mm hmm. Uh, Dark Matters not mine. Um, oh. Dark Matters made by friends of mine at uh-huh. uh, uh, Prodigy, which are, they're all awesome people over there. Um, I don't they're know when they come friends. back. Every once in a, yeah, every once in a while, like I'm, <laughs> I echo their awesome showrunner um, because we were both in the shit of production at the same time, and we're like, one day we'll be done. Um, so I think they get three extra episodes. They're still in it. Poor bastards, love them all. Still in it. We're out. We finished at ten, um, so yeah, I was we, just talking we're a to, bit ahead. Uh, jo- uh, Joseph uh, Malas. Joe? I was just hitting him up on Twitter. He kept updating us yeah. on how the uh, production was going. Yeah, I think I, I, I'm checking, um, uh, or have recently checked with uh, one of the EPs on there. I'm good friends with, um, and I think that they have like a week or two. Um, and uh, I think, yeah, probably about that. Um, we, I don't know, actually. I literally don't have the date of when we come back. Uh, I imagine it's going to be summer. I, and they oh. have paired us in the past. Yeah, so I don't know yeah. if they're going to put us the same night again. Um, that'd be nice. Uh, it's nice to get all your, you know, your space stuff in. Yeah, it was great watching Sci-Fi Friday back. I love, like, having exactly. their shows back to back. Okay, okay. So why do we all love Sci-Fi Friday, though? Is it just that... Back when all of us were the people who were the yes. people watching the nerdy stuff, none yes. of us could go out. Exactly. Because <laughs> we're all older and we're bored and we don't know what else to watch. So and, and, yeah. and there's only so much. There's only so much wine you could drink at a certain amount of time. So, yeah. Yeah. I reject your hypothesis. Thank you. I'm with you on that. Oh, oh I do. It's, I, I've, I've said for years, years. I think since um. I think since Stargate has been on, I said mm-hmm. for years that that you can say Fridays is a death slot for other shows, but mm-hmm. for genre stuff, it's yep. a perfect. It's the end of the week. Nerds are not going to go out partying and to no. the club and stuff like. All we want to do is chill, see our friends on TV, see Dutch and the rest of the crew. You know, kicking ass and, 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 you know, getting their bounties. We want to see Grimm yeah. and we want to see Dark Matt, all that stuff. Yeah. And and there's just something about Friday, looking forward to that Friday night mm. and, and, and seeing, uh, you know, seeing something that you're familiar with, that you like, that you can escape into. I have one I more think question. for me, it started Quickly. with X Files. Oh, yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and we also have some, a couple of questions from uh, some listeners also. So go yeah, ahead. Oh, Steve. one 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 quick question: Will we ever get a Dark Matters Killjoy crossover? Maybe. Oh, shoot. 
really that's I'm, only gonna be when Joe and Vanessa and I are like out and half drunk in a bar and we'll write it down and and pitch it to each other when we're really tired celebrating the end of the season. So next week, and it will be a awesome. fantasy that none of you will know about. It will be written on hey, napkins uh, and hey, it will hey, be hey, joyous we, and blissful. Hey, 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 we've had some weirder crossovers. Last year there was this thing with Sleepy <laughs> the, the Hollow. Bones are sleep, yeah, Bones are Sleepy Hollow. So. I still can't yeah, believe that much, happened. A much more crazy cross. And, and recently we yeah. got a... Boy, did it help both shows. Ah! Ah! <laughs> there been a Castle Agent <laughs> Shield crossover yet? No, no. I feel like we're oh, uh, Recently we had Supergirl and Flash, two totally different networks. That was yeah, that, made, good. That, that made sense. That's the thing. That did make sense. Yes, Killjoy, Dark Matter makes sense. That yeah. made sense. Wait, Bones, Bones and Sleepy, Sleepy Hollow? Hollow? Not so much. No sense. Uh, there was no. a guy that, that was missing a head, and then you got Bones. It kind of worked for me. <laughs> it did kind of work. Michelle, how, um, how important is uh, the hashtag on Twitter? To to Which one? Uh, to create any hashtag that deals with like your show or Sci-Fi Channel, like how how much not yourself but maybe people in the industry or the networks, how much do they pay attention to it? Do you think I, not 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 that I want you to officially say you know whatever, <laughs> but just your just your gut because listen, we can start a hashtag right now. Dark Matters Killjoys. Yo, somebody start Seven Matrix. One of you guys, start a hashtag on Actually, right. we started it. X-Files 3. <laughs> you, are like... you, you know Twitter <laughs> already started it, right? Twitter <laughs> should be started it. Yeah, Dark Matters, Killjoy, Cross. Yeah. Um, I, listen, I, the only way that I stay sane is if I don't give a shit about that. I, right. I And I don't mean the Twitter thing. I mean, I mean what? And I love the network partners because they allow us to continue, but I don't. I don't ever want to service that. I don't want to find out the the secret formula to you know how you go forward and what they care about because then I'm going to obsess about it. And honestly, I'm no good to anybody as a writer if I'm worried about my writing versus worried about experiencing my writing and putting it on the page and getting it you know onto the screen. And um, some people are really good at compartmentalizing. I I am not. Um, Oh, I'm not. Look, somebody recently said. Oh, it was Lexi Alexander recently said Twitter is the, I think she said Twitter is the hell of writers. Like, it's the last thing, it's the last thing a writer wants to do is be on Twitter, uh, you know, writing their life away on, in 140 characters instead of doing their screen, screen. No, I don't blame you for that. But no, I I was just wondering how much. Like, like before the networks couldn't have influence. Like, like if, if, mm-hmm. if you, you know, if yourself and the the network chiefs and stuff, if if they were pen- paying attention to the love that people were showing on Twitter or whatever, um, does that help? Because because from from us as users and fans, we would love to promote the sh- like we're going to promote the mess out of Killjoys when it comes back. We're, we're oh, gonna yeah. be we're we, gonna we're be gonna we're gonna promote promote it so hard. I mean, yeah. so, <laughs> in fact, that sounded like it was gonna go somewhere weird. Look, but okay. it is Jonathan. <laughs> we gotta yeah, stop no, him now. Know. We're gonna we're buy working. a dinner. We're gonna get a cigarette. And then we're never gonna call it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very foodie. It's more than I expected. 
and it still made it that you far. You sir are a gentleman. <laughs> so in fact, when it comes back, I think we'll do, um, maybe we'll do like a Saturday, because I run a hashtag Saturday Night Sci-Fi, and right. I, I feature either a movie or, you know, some TV shows and stuff like that. And um, yeah, we could we we could uh, definitely feature. Uh, we'll, we'll be featuring Killjoys if we have. I think we. Um, yeah, I think I still have it in my queue of featuring mm-hmm. Killjoys because I had to I had to catch up to it also. But um, if it, I'll, I'll let you know if you want to kind of peep in on the tag, not to not to get you you know not to tempt you to get into. <laughs> I don't want. To, I want you to slow down at all. I want. I want Killjoys to keep being awesome. But but for that night, that Saturday night, I'll just cue you in, and uh, we'll, we'll probably look at first two episodes or something like that. But that's what I'm talking about. Like the power of social media. I'm hoping that we have an effect, so that um, we can give good feedback to creators like yourself, so that you can. You know, you can come to oh, that's working, this working, that, and it's just another, um, I guess, analytic, another measurement yeah. that you guys could go by and say, oh, we we could give these guys even more. And good shows what, don't get canceled, maybe. Oh my God, I just <laughs> yo, I can't. We'd stand like no, that. it's true though. Yeah. It's true though. I, I mean, I think it does. I think it does absolutely have an impact. I think that what we're in the middle of right now is um, networks learning the language of social media and how much to value it or not, how much to defer to it. Um, And I think every network is a little bit different. Every executive is a little bit different. Every studio and production company. um, It's something that is word of mouth. Word of mouth is a beautiful thing. It doesn't always translate to numbers. Um, There are shows that are critical darlings that are not um, viewership darlings. And uh, by the same token, there are those that are, um, uh, social media giants that maybe again aren't getting the numbers and networks are still just trying to figure out a little bit some of the new platforms you know where they're making their money from so it, it's a really interesting stage right now um, mm-hmm. and all I meant before is that to me as a writer I have to kind of withdraw my brain other than in moments like this where I force myself to sort of consider the analysis of it I, I, I don't I sit back and uh, I try not to engage mentally with what that is. I can say to all of yourselves, though, that yes, I absolutely do believe that there is an impact that social media has. I think it's a very positive one. Um, I think the campaigns to uh, have things renewed is positive. Um, I think that ultimately the numbers are always going to be the tail, you know, and so as much as we want everybody to talk about it, we want them to talk about it, and then we want them to tune in on it, you know, and sometimes those two things don't go hand in hand. Right, definitely, definitely. Uh, JD, did you have another question, or was that the second one? That was the second one. I oh. want the crossover. <laughs> oh, the crossover! Yeah. I want the crossover. Now we gotta make that happen, like season yeah. three. Please. Season Please. three Just, of Open. Oh. Well, the the only problem with that, though. <laughs> <laughs> But the thing is, they have, see, part of my humor, and certainly in Lost Girl, half my humor is, I mean, like, basically dick jokes and pop culture. Um, I'm a very sophisticated storyteller. Um, And so (laughs) when when we got into Killjoys, and I was consciously trying to avoid anything that had reference to, you know, I don't want to make Star Wars or Star Trek or or any of those sort of jokes. I don't want to make Kardashian jokes. 
half my shit's gone there. Um, but with Dark Matter, they are they have made a few references that make it clear that they're like close to not close to our time, but you know what I mean, where they're situated in terms of um, birth. Oh, we can uh, have them there. jump. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say we have but, to do no, like this. The, we can, we can have the, them jump in. You could do like the, the Flash yeah. Supergirl thing because Flash yeah. actually went into you know a, a, a multi-universe. Yeah, so right. you could kind of do that thing, and then you can go back and forth. So you could write on your show, give it that intelligent writing, and and keep them there. And then they could write for their half of it, and they can just go to that <laughs> that, that goofy the, Star Wars. Yeah, the, place. The, yeah, we'll chat when you get to Comic Con. <laughs> Good. So you're not thinking this is the Sleepy Hollow thing. You're not. No, 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 how, how you gonna ask um, a yeah, that's me. It's not me. It's someone else. Well, not <laughs> you. We're just we're acting that someone else. How are you gonna do that? I okay. I, I would say the one word is origin. Oh, sweet word. <laughs> sweet yeah. like sugar. <laughs> like, oh, sweet. <laughs> no, because you touched on it with the characters already in the first season, but but you gave us a taste, and now to get deeper into it, that would be awesome. Yeah, that's that's sort of that's kind of um, one of the the main thrusts and trajectories of, of season two is we want to obviously we left everything on a cliffhanger we want to pay that off uh, you know give you some answers open up a window a little bit on what's actually going on and then you know uh, complicate things with some new intrigue and mysteries at the end of it so um, hopefully we pull that off. Hmm. Um. Yeah, I wanted to jump back to M Dog's question before with with uh that prompted you about the graphic novels. Would you be open for uh Killjoys or or uh Lost Girl to be inputted into a uh graphic novel type of medium? Uh yeah, I don't have any rights to Lost Girl, um, but I'm pretty sure that I do to Killjoys. <laughs> I have to actually check. Um, it is, it is something that I, you know, uh, I would find interesting. You know, I, I think, um, I think there's just, fans are just fucking awesome. You know, everybody's got different tastes. I have to apologize. I swear a lot. Um, they all no, have different No, I, I, you and I get along just fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you just, you just have to use the same word. You can't go into other different <laughs> curse words. When I'm tired, my filter's off. Terrible, you use the um, F-bomb like a comma just like I do. That's perfectly fine. <laughs> good, excellent. This podcast started out years ago clean, and I quickly uh, ditched that idea. Dirtied it up. You <laughs> gave up. You gave up. Yeah. We won. Um, <laughs> it's, it is something that I think that what's so fabulous about fans is that we all have uh, – you know, different niches of it, even within genre, you know, that there's people that are like, I absolutely like fantasy or I absolutely like werewolves or like it's very, very specific and specialized. And one of those things obviously is I really enjoy this as a television show, but I want it as um, a comic or I want it as a movie or, and it, it all, I think what's exciting about every time you change it is there's different rules for each of those mediums and, and there's different types of, and sizes of stories that you can tell some are more visual than others. Some are more, you know, auditory than others. Um, and I find that a really interesting and, and sexy proposition. I don't know who and what Killjoys would be 
on the page versus on the screen, and and um, I'd be interested in finding out. Right. Yeah. That that would be because I think both the uh, I think both the pro I think your your what you create just fits a multitude of different uh, uh, platform or media. You know, because because it's it's with those with graphic novels and stuff. A lot of it is about world building, and you you yes. you've really shown that in your. Uh, shows how well, how well you uh, portray that so I, I think they would fit perfectly um okay. we're uh yeah I don't want to keep you too long Michelle I know you're tired <laughs> I would love to keep you for another hour so what, what you know <laughs> let me know but um is there any advice that you could give uh uh writers or um creators or even people that want to be uh showrunners you never never hear about that but i know there are people out there that want to eventually be showrunners is it is a uh, everybody's got their own path but is there some advice that you would give i would say that um they're sort of two separate streams of advice for for writers i think that um it i'm not going to split the atom here with anything new it's 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 basically reaffirming what you've heard in terms of don't write what you think will sell. It's mm-hmm. certainly, I mean, again, as I said, the luck that I've had is writing these things from like this absolutely right from the pitch. Nobody's going to go with this, but I really think it's exciting and sexy and funny and cool. And I'm just, what the hell? I'm not super interested in pleasing people just as a human being. Um, so that's helped me. Um, I think that as a showrunner, the advice honestly is, you know, um, be patient. It takes a long way to, a long time to work your way up. Be good to work with. Um, when you're a television writer, it's a community. And so, like every other community, you have to not be somebody that people want to vote off the island. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're spending time with you in that sweaty, crazy room and not with their family. And right. so, it really, you know, it's important. You've got to be somebody who is either really damn talented and or really good to bounce ideas off and really enjoyable to have in the room because there are a lot of people out there that are really super talented, just kind of raging assholes. And, you know, you're not going to make it very far unless you're very lucky early. Um, mm. So the other advice is just really decide if you want to be a showrunner because in the end, as glamorous as it sort of seems from the outside, people who even know it's a job, half the people in my family don't even know it's a job. Um, but, <laughs> You know, they're like, what do you do? And they think actors make up their own words and all this. And I'm like, oh, no. Um, it's it's a it's an extremely work-intensive job because as much as we're there during the day and we have meetings and occasionally we're able to get to set and all of that, as soon as we go home and we're getting home late, that's when you start writing. So mm. it's, it's, a, it's a really, really wonderful job that might kill you within five to six months. <laughs> you gotta balance that out there's a little tiny bit of death along with joy and that's okay that's cool it's, I'm, I'm really fortunate to be able to do it and I wouldn't do anything else um, except retire that's kind of right. those are the two speeds <laughs> I don't blame yeah. you yeah, you don't seem to be the type that would slow down in retirement well I 
You know what she's going to do when she retires? She's going to open up that closet of anime and graphic novels. And just come right back right out. Now. Oh, right now, apparently, yeah. Going to do a Michael Jordan. Get a hammock and a drink. It's like, a really like, nice hammock. Cowboy Bebop. Now, let me see what those nerdy fandoms were talking about. No, but see, it's going to spark something else, though. She's going to be like, oh, my, what? Yes, I can. In a whole other world. Yep. It's going to come into her head, and she's going to start all I'll, over again. And Black Lagoon. Watch oh. Black Lagoon. Oh, God, yes. That's a, you and Black funny. Lagoon, so, baby. I love that show. It's, it's a whole lot of <laughs> And swearing. It's awesome. Revy has a bit of a mouth, doesn't she? <laughs> talking You'll about inspiration, uh, talking about inspiration, Michelle. Is there any uh, world or any area of sci-fi fantasy that you haven't really explored yet with your stories? There was a show a long, long time ago uh, that I pitched to a network at the time. I called it Dominion House. Uh, and it is the only horror thing that I have uh, wanted to get into. And, and this is the way genre was back in the day when I was a genre fan. I came and pitched them this thing, and it was basically, without going too much into it, it was kind of a ghost-related or undead-related sort of medium. And it was a network thing. Oh, God, I remember this. And they loved it, but they're like, but we, we have a fantasy show in development. Like, that was the stage where they're like, we've crossed right. that box off. Like, fantasy, and I know the guy who had the other show, and it was, like, uh, based on fables. It was not even at all approximate or akin to it. But that right. that's all they did in Canada. They they really didn't do genre. Um, so in the back of my head, uh, and, and I've actually talked with Andrus, Emily Andrus, who um, has been with me on Lost Girl and Killjoys and now has my own herb, we're always looking for an opportunity to kind of do something together again and, um, you know, beat a feature or uh, a TV show. And that's the only one in the back of my head that I'm like, I might be persuaded because I would like to do just maybe, other than the retiring, one more um, spec genre. Now we are waiting. If you need Twitter power, <laughs> yes. Yes. We will activate. You will at least the power. If you need the power of the hashtag. Exactly. Exactly. So just you know, it's just again, I, I uh, the thing that is most appealing and sexiest to me as a storyteller really is development. A lot of writers hate it. It's like absolute. It's candy to me. It is the world building. It is the. Hmm. Uh, the endless potential of what if and coming just lying on my back on my own really and and just being like i think this is awesome and writing some shit down and pitching it to someone is my favorite i, I love the rest of it because it's more rewarding in terms of tangible rewards you get to work with the actors and they make your stuff better and the writers make you better that you work with and the directors are amazing and it's such a great wonderful team but i'm still a hermit nerd and you know being on my own and being like well what if um Without the fucking deadlines, without the endless machine, <laughs> right. that's that, there's a freedom there that I always want to get a little bit back to, and it usually is around this time of the thing, around second season, where I start getting just a little bit of itchy feet. Um, would, you t would you take some of your old uh, um, pitches or, or something that you didn't get a chance to uh, uh, sell to a network? Would you? turn that into like a graphic novel novel or maybe squeeze a little web series out or something like that 
I'm just so I don't know how to do those. Right. It's weird, you know. Like I've got this 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 system that, um, you know, has an agent, and you go for a meeting, and you send papers, and I right. know how that works, and and it's sort of the old dog and the trick thing where. What's exciting is also scary, where I'm like, well, I don't even know how to start the other stuff. Who do I talk to? You know, yeah. like, what do I do? Um, yeah. But again, that is what makes it a bit appealing. It's just for me to take on something that is brand new would require me actually having probably a year off. And I, I leave stuff all the time because I'm like, I need time off. Um, right. And usually that's, that's when I kind of think of something new, either a new world or maybe one day in the future a new medium. Mm-hmm. Um, well, if you ever want, it, I mean, we got a few friends. I'm thinking about yeah. acting myself, so you know. There you go. Just call me; I'll do, do it for free for the first time. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, if you if you need a chocolate hobbit in your, <laughs> dude, I'm the not man. Need a chocolate hobbit. <laughs> show me a show that would not be approved by that. I I defy you. Come on, write me a show that will. <laughs> it's not the writing though it's always that next step where it's like now we convince them and like I said I've had a lot of crazy luck with being like they'll never do it so. go sell and, the and chocolate just, hobbit come on and just like a star is born I think chocolate hobbit sells itself that's your hashtag chocolate hobbit chocolate that sells itself that's that next that is too funny. No, but definitely, definitely, if you ever, um, I, I mean, between between us, not not just this podcast, but our whole networks and and uh, Black Girl Nerds is like sixty thousand strong on Twitter, and wow. you know, we, we we just have a nice collection of uh, people that are very creative and uh, would would just, oh my goodness, they would salivate if they had a chance to. Um, uh, just, even just even just talk to you about something like that. So just let us know, and we'll. Uh, I will. You, you, you definitely. And you know one. Know. One of the things that I think when you were talking about social media, one of the things that I hope will be beneficial is, for instance, I don't believe necessarily that um, that the networks would have known once upon a time that there was a huge black community that were nerds. That's mm-hmm. what I find shocking. Well, nobody. But does. I'm hoping that. No. No, but they're the people who have to order shit, right? So they're the ones yeah. that have to kind of be cognizant of, of who their market is and who's actually buying stuff. And so, um, you know, hopefully with that kind of a, you know, 60,000 is crazy, and I'm sure there's lots of other sites as well and, and podcasts, and um, it would be nice if that had an impact. You know, as much as I'm always looking for the women, I know that they're not the only people who are not being represented. <laughs> well, we already have you know, a show idea. Like that we have. We already have a show idea, Chob it, right there. There you go. Chob <laughs> it, oh my God. Chobbit, oh my God, Chobbit. it gets better. Yeah. No, that's his name. That's actually his second name, Chob. Yeah, Chob it. That's, that's totally That just makes me think of that yogurt, though, Chobani. Chobani. <laughs> uh, we, we, I, I think we're good. I think it's over 30% over. I think we're good. At the... that's, what, that's one of his favorite foods. We need a... Uh, oh, we, we need... We need some, uh, uh, what, what do you call it, product placement. Yes, so, exactly. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> See what it tastes like first. But, um, <sighs> but yeah, let, let me not keep you. Does anybody else have any questions? Because I, I want to keep Michelle. But I really appreciate you being on the show. <sighs> no problem. I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun, guys. Thank you. And um, uh, keep watching. And, and I, as I said, I don't know exactly when we're coming out. But we have 10 hours for you. Locked and loaded at uh, pretty soon. So. Hours of goodness. 
And, and you yeah, are more than welcome right. to come back on when the show comes well, on. Well, thank you, guys. Thank you. As long as the Hobbit will join me, then I'll see We have a standing date now. <laughs> uh, are you doing a panel when you're at the Calgary uh, Expo, Comic-Con? Yes, I am. Yay! I'm, I'm okay. excited. We're actually we're going to have Luke and Aaron with us. Um, mm. And... Uh, Hannah, I think, is still out in the UK, probably shooting something. So it'll be the lads and myself. Um, and they're really lovely guys, yeah. So hopefully you get a chance to meet them. Okay, I'll take pictures and I'll send it back to our nerdy Venoms and say, look, be jealous. <laughs> Sweet. Sure, as she, as she and, your, and your imaginary cousin. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to type back like, oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm a real boy. All right. Well, I'm I'm gonna head off to sleep, but um, thank you all very much. I really appreciate the support, and uh, it sounds like a really really fun show. So good luck and and uh, my best to all of you. Tidy. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you okay. Thanks. Have really a great night, guys. It. Come on again. Bye. Bye. Will do. Will do. Bye. All right now. Yeah. That, ladies and gentlemen, was Michelle Lavretta, and uh, she's pretty awesome. So. Yeah, we're we're officially not worthy, man. man we're officially not never worthy. worthy. <laughs> we're getting less and less worthy with each episode. And it's so good. It is so good to feel worthy. Liss. Uh. <laughs> oh, by the way, uh, you, by the way, your cousin, by the way, JD said, "I exist." Validate me. Yes. So. <laughs> you're gonna have to show up. Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna have to it's show weather. up, and you're gonna have to you're gonna have to pay for the beers. The first round is on oh, you. Oh, you know it. You just know put. It. Just coming like, again. Yes. Yeah, so. yeah. So like, me, when you meet her, just pull him with you, and just say, "Here, he exists." No, he, he, he's gonna prove himself. First round oh, yeah. are on you. you yes. Yeah. Pull that piece of cardboard cutout. Yeah. <laughs> Here's my cousin. I, need, I might need a press pass or something. Oh, all you need is like a letter from me or something like that. That's what uh, the private got, and he got press pass. So we'll see. A sticky, <laughs> a sticky yeah. I'll send you a button. <laughs> I'll send you a Geek Soul brother button and, and a yellow sticky. Actually, yes. you need a Geek Soul, actually, you need a Geek Soul sister button. So. Oh, that'd be nice. But you know, yeah, a sticky or. You know, a little, little with his those, those lick and stick tattoos. Ah, he's so brilliant. <laughs> it's like one of those letters okay, that you, you took to the... Uh, uh, you, you and the luminous with the licking, man. Like, <laughs> nah, you, you need, you need like one of those yeah, letters no, that right? you take to the principal's office or, or, or to Jim. My daughter should go straight to whatever booth she likes. <laughs> <laughs> Sign her parent, Geek Soul Brother. Soul Brother. <laughs> that was awesome, man. That, I've, I've been, I, man, that was that was definitely an honor um, because uh, she's, I mean, Killjoys is one of the shows. It's Killjoys and Dark Matters, and those oh, are sure. the two, those are the two leading shows in those particular uh, tones. Those are the two leading shows. The Expanse is a whole different, you know, uh, yep. uh, type of sci-fi, but Killjoys and Dark Matters, and hopefully, hopefully we get a uh, um, uh, Joseph Malazzi on the show soon. Like Michelle said, she, he's still busy, but um, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward. It's so nice to have her on the show and give us give us a little bit of you, you know a little bit of the inside uh, scoop on what it is. Y'all you know? should have asked her to steal me a prop, like one of the guns. Oh, 
Okay, I'm I'll ask thinking. her when I see her. I'm not thinking. Yes, yes. chop it ass if you can steal. Yes, if you, you, can, if you can, can get a problem. Or you don't have to steal it. Just take it and give it to me. It, it's funny. not stealing. It's her show. <laughs> yeah, it is her show. It, She's a runner. I guess she'd just be giving it to you. Yeah, yeah, unless, yeah just... unless you got on the set and started stealing. Which, well, if she allowed me on the set, then that's a whole different thing. And if I'm allowed on the set, is it stealing? If I walk off with it by mistake? Uh-huh. How uh, was that? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm with you. I mean, I'm like, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. How is that? Anyway, moving on. <laughs> yeah, chop it logic. Yeah. Enough oh, with the oh, chopping stories. Logic, wow. <laughs> now, let's do the yeah, let's get for the real show. Let's get to real. Let's get to the average. <laughs> yeah, our, our our damn mundane lives here. Oh, yeah. Back to so, real life. So, ladies and gentlemen, on with the show. As always, before we do anything else, we do the nerdy news. Yeah. Take it away, Brian. Yeah, I don't know how I'm going to be able to follow that interview, but I'm going to try my damnness. Just don't point. trip. Yeah, we're going to talk well, about Ghost and Shell. That's how you're going to follow. Yeah, well, yes, it, it, it will indeed. how we're going to start off the news. Uh, we begin tonight with the muddy disaster known as the Ghost in the Shell film. Uh, oh, I was uh, looking at my figure just a few minutes ago, like, what did they do? I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, last week, if if you did not know, uh, the first photo of Scarlett Johansson as the major was released, spawning renewed accusations of whitewashing against the studios uh, uh, involved with the, with the production. The next day, Screen Crush reported that both DreamWorks and Paramount were planning to digitally make the actress look more Asian. Wait, but, digital? <laughs> yes. Yes, CGI. Just go with a CG character. Wait, what? We're going to Asian her up. Yes, see, we're going to Asian her up, but ultimately decide not to after seeing the test come back. Crap. Duh! Yeah. (laughs) Ancient Chinese secret work. Does not work. Japanese. Japanese secret. They have the hair right. They do not have the hair right. It depends on what episode you're watching. And that wig is terrible. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, John had a poll yesterday that yeah. you were more, no, no. more, more disappointed about the news of this. And I, yeah, the Japanese I, are. I had to say, <laughs> I was not disappointed because I cannot be bothered to give a shit about this movie anymore. Therefore, <laughs> that implies I can't <laughs> give any disappointment whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's okay, but like, like we would not mine a live action goes to shell if it was live? if it was the same thing as Michelle was saying if it if it was a big budgeted sci-fi mature female lead that would be awesome if they wasn't but giving us an eon flux it's, the matrix. <laughs> it's not we don't the matrix want we don't want an eon flux the major <laughs> as the lead in the matrix we had an emotion yeah. well he's yeah. supposed to be on emotion and well to add to the nonsense uh, a few new news agencies uh, since yesterday are now reporting responses from various fans and manga uh, of the manga and anime uh, in Japan, as well as Japanese producers, and they basically are saying they do not see what all the fuss is about over here about the project. Of course yeah. they don't, because they don't yep. care. They're like, yo, we're just going to get another film from America, and we like it. 
It's not even that good a manga. That's the thing. That's not the point. Not the point. <laughs> the point is like, even if it was a bad one, give us something close to real and make it good. Like, make it better. Don't make it worse. Well, wasn't um Edge of Tomorrow? Wasn't that based on All You Need Is Kill? Which yes. yeah, and yeah. that was it, it, amazing. It, it Korean, yes, a Korean uh, novel oh, and uh, oh, manga. No, I thought it was Korean. Yeah. Okay, anyway. Oh, yeah, but they didn't have they didn't have a white woman with the name Kusanaki. No, they, like, <laughs> <laughs> they figured it out. Well, they white. Yeah, they yeah. the only character in Hollywood is killed that they whitewashed was uh, was Cage or KG or whatever his name was in the original. Oh, okay. So. Yeah, because we have a transcript, but it's also in the book. So. Oh, so that's the plan now? Just as long as Hollywood's sticking to their same routine. As long as we got a named person in lead, it'll work. It's just, yeah. you know, it, it's just, you know, the sentiment behind it is that, you know, oh, we just wanted to pick the best actress and blah, blah, blah. And it's yeah, like, no, we know the truth and yeah. we don't like it and we're not going to give you money. Our money. <laughs> Yeah. This is going to be another Dragon Ball Z. It's going to be another. Oh Avatar. no! It's going to be another. Oh god, oh, that was terrible. Yeah, you know what? Did you even do first... worse than Dragon Ball Z. You, you know what? For me, I, I, I did not care if most of the most of the cast was non-Asian. The I just wanted Aramaki to be Asian, which it, it did happen, and then the major being Asian because it's it's basically a a Japanese narrative. It's not just. A bunch of Japanese characters are set in Japan. Right. It's a Japanese narrative, right? Right. And, and, and that narrative is mostly told by Aramaki and and yeah. by Kusanagi. And to tell you the truth, I, I, it's funny because the original movie is actually set in Hong Kong. Yeah. <laughs> and, and to tell you the truth, even if they if they somehow flipped it around and was just like she was in a new shell, I will, I would be like, okay, I'll yeah, let it yeah. go a bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but exactly. they couldn't even like it's... write it into to, to 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 make it fit into the. Oh. It's all yeah, right. They're just don't... trying, but they're not trying hard enough. Yeah, exactly. A lot of people don't consider the fact that the, the major is just a byproduct. It's just a robot. You, you, yeah. you could put her in any body, and she'd still be the major. It's a Japanese <laughs> robot, and her name is Kuzunaki. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> we don't even know if that's a real name or any. <laughs> Actually, that's just her model. Joss Whedon has had some time to think about his comments from uh, last year about Age of Ultron uh, during a panel for the Tribeca Film Festival talk series along with Mark Ruffalo. The director opened up and discussed about how he basically trashed his own film and threw Marvel under the bus, really. I mean, you know, he, he admits to it. Uh, he later said after taking some time and experimenting with his own writing that he was sorry for making his comments. And he's looked at the film again and now enjoys it and is in is looking forward to working on a future Marvel film as well. He would love to work on another one. So. Dude, dude. It doesn't matter. Dude, we all did that. We watched your film and we were upset with it. We watched it again, and we gave it a pass. That's all you did. <laughs> you watched your own film and gave it a pass. We don't pay you for that. Like, that's not what you get money for. 
it's like the, it's like the exact opposite of what like Zack Snyder should be doing with this movie. Exactly. He should not be cheerleading that that piece of crap. He's but like anyway. afterward, I watched it again on a Sunday when I was bored, and oh my god, it was pretty good. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't. <laughs> Uh, Netflix is looking to one up Amazon and other streaming services. Uh, it's in its quarter quarterly stockholders meeting. The CEO announced that he that the company was looking into the ability for customers to download and watch digital content offline. So basically, they would download it and watch it whenever they wanted. Doesn't Amazon already? Oh, do that? they're gonna Spotify yeah. it, but this time they're gonna do it with video. Exactly. Okay. Amazon already does that, though. But that you pay for you pay for those movies. Well, that's just that, that's just basically any uh, like ultraviolet type thing, isn't it? <clears throat> but again, you pay for those movies, whereas opposed to this is you're paying for the service, you, you, the monthly service, and you download and and watch the movies whenever you want offline. So there's so. a ter- so, so it's like um, Spotify, but for video. So it's like the auto rip. Yes. Basically, more or less. Uh, this is, of course, is on the heels of Amazon's announcement yesterday that they were going to offer a non-prime streaming plan for their video, for, for their video service. So, which costs more than their streaming plan. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah of course. So, and so uh, shout out to Chico Leo pointing that out for me. Yeah, yeah. it's like, <laughs> yeah, isn't it like ten bucks more at the end of the day yeah. for yeah. the year? I mean, the idea is that you're gonna, like, you know, stick around. You're gonna. Sw- Prime here, exactly. Uh, former Alaskan governor and talking airhead Sarah Palin has set her incompetent sights on Bill Nye, the science guy. Uh, at the premiere of her anti-climate change film, Palin called out called Nye, Nye out in front of a packed crowd, calling him an alarmist and saying he, and this is quoting her, is as much as a scientist as I am, and that quote again. He's a kid show actor, not a scientist. Was she uh, saying this from a broken piece of iceberg that was floating down the Pacific? Uh, in a comfy, comfy Washington hole, I guess. I guess. Uh, anyway, Nye, a mechanical engineer by trade, and never ever called himself a scientist, uh, and is also, of course, a proponent of climate change, has yet to comment on her nonsense. So. Wow. Well. That's expected. That's more. That is more news than we ever should have given uh, Sarah Palin at any time. Yeah. This <laughs> and, and it'll be the last. Let us ever... never speak of this again. You're moving <laughs> on to the next subject. Exactly. Uh, if you thought Batman was a violent sociopath in Batman v Superman, you might be wrong. Uh, in a recent release huh. tech manual publication for the film, the book references Robin's main weapon, the one bat. Bats uh, converts into the kryptonite spear we see in the film as a halberd, which the last time I checked, not exactly used to simply incapa- incapacitate bad guys. Damn, Jason Todd, you are a wacko. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you know, an, an axe spear. Anyway, uh, some quick other news. Nicole Barry may be all sleepy hollow, but she has joined the remake of Jacob's Ladder. Uh, so congratulations oh, to her. Apparently, that. Zack Snyder's Justice League film is is looking more like the Spider-Man film that Ted Raimi did. Sam Raimi did, sorry. Uh, the uh, project has now added William Defoe to the cast. Oh, jeez. As what? So, no, no, that's good. What are you talking about? It depends on what he's playing. 
Yeah, uh, and disclosed. They is he have Antichrist or is he Dark Side? He's playing Dark Side. If anybody bought that, that would be interesting. Dark Side would be terrible unless it's CG. Well, he has a face for it. He doesn't need much money. Oh, Chavez. Well, he looked like the Goblin, yo. Come on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The phone. You'll never be on the show now. You'll never be on the show. That's so yeah, like clip Bison, Bison's going to not like you after the, hearing the, that. You, know you better that, right? come on the, the, the show, defend yourself. You are allowed to take me down, but I'm sorry. You did look like you have to catch him first. Him. He's like the grease pig of the group. Whatever. <laughs> 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 Just grease him up a bit. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, Jumanji remake is looking to cast Dwayne Johnson and Kevin Hart as the leads. So What? Oh, God, no. <laughs> Why? So instead of leaving the the original film alone, no, they're going to remake it, and they're looking to, to those two. Uh, CBS I, is going I, to. I repeat, what what? Because <laughs> that because that crap's going to be funny. Isn't it? I know they're <laughs> like, like the like, new like, Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's yeah, like, exactly. One generation. Right. They should totally remake Twins. I would watch it. <laughs> I, I would go see it. I, I would. I would, I would actually it. watch that. Yes. <laughs> a um, remake worth remaking. CBS is going to revive the Twilight Zone as an interactive, quote unquote, choose your own adventure digital series. Oh, that sounds awful. That sounds embarrassing. It's like those. It's like those old choose your own adventures Arl Stein wrote back in the eighties. You know, I'm only gonna watch that if that is the full episode of the Twilight Zone where people were in there (laughs) picking out their own endings and it goes into some weird Twilight Zone thing. Well, they have the guy who created Bioshock uh, writing the. Right, pilot. So there you go. <laughs> uh, speaking of horror series, TNT is going going ahead with the M Night Shyamalan remake of uh, Tales from the Crypt, uh, along with his anthology series Time of Death. How much do we have to do with it? Why uh, he is showrunner for both. So they should have they should have the uh, robot chicken tribe a lot of those <laughs> what the twist? Stay away from Exactly. Uh, even though a sequel has not been released yet, John M. Chu has been already tapped to direct the third "Now You See Me" film. So what? it's called "Now You Don't." <laughs> what, was the first one even that successful? I don't remember. Yeah, it, it did. It did. It was huge. Ow! Almost two hundred million dollars. Yeah, it was. It was. Big. He came out with something else that wasn't uh, that great, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, so, or or something that wasn't in the same vein. And it's called disappearing. Yeah, <laughs> it's just that uh, we didn't see it. That's all. <laughs> we couldn't see it. Yeah, uh, and it's even though at it. the time only one episode of Fear of the Walking Dead aired, AMC had has already renewed the series for season three. Of course, they got money. They got Walking Dead money. Yeah. <laughs> Just about. throw that around like walkers. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Scatter it. We good. Gotta stop killing that brother. Exactly. <laughs> and finally, uh, ladies, you can now catch all them men into your bed. Uh, yes. That's what y'all want us. <laughs> that sound? Really awful. Does that um, include Ryan Reynolds or not? Oh, no, 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 no. He didn't say uh, what type of man or what exactly, man. Uh, <laughs> Japanese lingerie label Yummy Mart is collaborating with the Pokemon Company 
Oh, to God. release a line of lingerie based on the longtime popular franchise. That's what um, they want. Yeah. Men would poke men That's out. That's sexy. Oh, come on. Um, I choose you. Uh, lady, Pokemon, lady Pokemon trainers can now pick up a Pikachu panty and hooded cape set. Oh, my God. Another Pikachu panty and bra set and a few others. That's not for the ladies. Oh, that. trust me. I, yo, I'm with that's, you. I'm, that's I'm with the you. Shadow, the shadow. Guys will have a Pokemon ball. Listen. Oh my god. <laughs> shadow, I'm already with you. I'm like, what? You wear what? Okay. And, and, and one set looks like Togepi, so picture oh. that if you will. Uh, no word yet if the if the collection will be available in the United States, it but won't. it does Please go don't. on sale starting it's not tomorrow. To the US. <laughs> the US Pokemon too. lingerie, love it. Not me. Master back at Master Ball. <laughs> <laughs> I would hate to see the dude that was attracted to that. <laughs> Oh man! Anyway, for more news from the from the Five Nerdy Venoms, check us out on Twitter at Five Nerdy Venoms or our Facebook page facebook.com slash Five Nerdy Venoms again F I V E Nerdy Venoms, and that is your news for this uh, Tuesday evening. That news, that news wants me to turn this frying pan into a drying pan. That was wow. Random. That was random. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, yeah, if you watched Pokemon, you'd get that. Yeah. So is is that like furries that if your girl's dressed in Pokemon something and you're don't attracted, does that... Don't ask. You, don't you, don't you see, Did you see, I mean, this, you see the picture of the Pokemon cape? It looks like Little Red Riding Hood, but instead of red, it's yellow and it's got ears. Yeah. And oh. Pikachu's face in the front. Then you know what yeah. you gotta have? You have to have that big chair in the room that looks like a Pokeball. Oh, Lord. Come on, I'm yeah. just, just, just painting the whole picture. Oh, never mind. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, so, how long before Chokonaka Gawa gets one? <laughs> All right, oh, let's, squeeze, uh, let's squeeze these uh, film reviews in here. So, who saw uh, Jungle Book? I did. Oh, Wait, what version? Oh, you mean oh, the, the one that just came out, Chavit. <laughs> just kidding. No, he's traveled back in time for 2018. Not the, yeah, not the first version. Not the 1938 or whatever. It was. The one of Sabu. <laughs> yeah, the Sabu one. Yeah, the rather newest version with uh, all English people playing uh, Indian animal. Well, you can't say <sighs> that. Indian, right? Indian animals? Or the pet. All the Indian, all the animals from India. And played by Americans. Uh, Americans and yeah. yeah. But um, okay, so you guys saw. So what you think? How was it? I wanted to like it. I really did. Mm. Did the boy get on your nerves? Nerves? No. It's just something about, It's just something about that movie left me a bit cold. Because mm. <laughs> he didn't have no clothes on. No, he had clothes. He, Long cloth. <laughs> That's only when he's at home watching Jungle. <laughs> Was it the AC? <laughs> yes, the AC. I mean, Dalek was, did. Um, that's just disturbing. <laughs> Dalek did. Very. Did it not have like a charming ending, or what happened? Well, it doesn't have a charming ending. It's actually kind of. It's surprisingly. It does. Okay, if you've seen, who here has seen the original 1967 film, right? The anime. Yeah, uh, the animated one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. This, this one doesn't have that ending, so let's make it clear. <laughs> let's let's, let's clarify that right now. <laughs> let's clarify that right now. This is not the the ending of that movie, which is a little more yeah. upbeat and optimistic. This is kind of like, <sighs> dude, did it, you like swallow a cat? No, no, he was coughing it up. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, this is a little more, slightly more pessimistic in a way of what uh, the approach they did take on to Mowgli and what he can do and what he can't do and what he shouldn't do. Ah. So what you so so how did it not it left you kind of un, unsatisfied, right? It did leave me kind of unsatisfied. I think it's because the first half is a, just not as good as the second half. It got, oh, okay. Yeah, there's a pacing problem, but I mean, there was a problem in the original movie, even. Yeah, it's actually been very long a long time since I've seen the original movie, like maybe 15, 20 years, so I can't... M-Dog, do you reflect uh, Dalek's uh, sentiments on it? Uh, I mean, I liked it more. I think there were reasons why I liked it more, and I was willing to forgive them a lot more because of it. Uh, I mean, like, I adored Bill Murray as Christopher Walken. I mean... Okay, that pissed me off. Why was he in the movie? Christopher Walken? Yeah, it's like, why does he play King Louie? It was hilarious to me, and the fact that they both got to sing musical numbers made me happy. Uh, I'd love to hear Christopher Walken does like his music. (laughs) Oh, God. I like watching him dance better than sing, but y'all take either one. Yeah. I mean, I love the fact that they were musical numbers without being full on musical numbers either. Like, you know, they didn't have like gigantic. It's not like the original where they had gigantic scenes and everybody managed to get songs in there without doing it so over. Yeah, a bit like how they turned basically, uh, what was it, the, the Ka song into uh, uh, this creepy scene where ScarJo basically hits on Mowgli. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was just surprised, like, how short it was. I mean, the original was a lot shorter, though. But, like, I mean, the Jungle Book, like, the book itself, I mean, is a disjointed... It's not a period. book. Huh? It, it's not really a book. Yeah. It's, it's more like, you know, book. a series of short tales. So. Yeah, there's no narrative. Yeah, I mean, it just kind of jumps all over time and everything else. I mean, the fact that they kind of did their best to shuffle things into a linear order... But how long was it? I thought it was like two hours. Oh, it's oh, 90 oh. minutes. 90 minutes? Oh, that's short. Yeah, it's pretty short. I mean, kid movies don't go over two hours. Yeah, I mean, you can't go over two hours. I mean, you're not Transformers with on three hours. <laughs> Should have been a kid's movie. Sure felt like it was But Optimus movie. Prime! No, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. No, I mean, so the movie, I mean it, the movie was very practiced in its approach about, like, you know, what Mogli can and can't do. They kind of made it realistic in that approach. Besides that, did any uh, did any of the actors get on your nerves? You know, I thought I don't gonna take like like a lot of flack for this, but Idris Elba. Yeah, Stringer Khan didn't do much for me. Yeah, um, his con was a bit weak. It wasn't like I mean really. I feel, was it I feel like if they swapped roles, like if he was Bagheera and Kingsley was Khan, I think it would have worked better. Mm. Yeah, because, oh, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, because Shere Khan was played by uh, Sebastian Cabot in the original film, right? Yeah, oh god, Sebastian Cabot perfect. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he played, played this sort of sly, sort of sick uh, like. I mean, he was like played... a smooth operator. I mean, this Shere Khan was a brutal monster. Dun, dun. Which, is, which is actually closer to the books, but... Yeah. Uh, it makes for a less interesting character. Yeah. Oh, you think because it was based closer to the book, it didn't yeah, it's quite a, it's work a, as well? 
yeah, it's a weird thing about this movie. On one hand, it's an adaptation of uh, the, it's a remake of the, the, the Disney film, but they start adding in all this stuff from the book. From yeah, the, the water east and everything else that was added to the book. <laughs> yeah, the fact that Mowgli gets, trees, uh, yeah. Uh, Mowgli gets to use gets to use the the flower, the red flower, which is taken from the books, not in the movie. If I recall correctly in the original film. In the movie, like the original movie, I mean, it was lightning that caused him fire. I mean, they did more. Right. Yeah. All right. What would you rate it? Cosmic Afros. You go ahead. ahead. I mean, I'm going to give it a solid three and a half. It's not, you know, great by, I mean, it's not like, you know, amazing by any means. It's enjoyable for what it is, though. And they did a nice job with the CG, even though it's like, you know, I mean, they did what they could. I mean, animal, like, you know, making realistic animals. They did a nice job of that, creating it in such a way where it's so obvious or taking out the Like, while you yeah. thought about, wow, these are a lot of computers doing a shitty job. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. Um, three and a half. Three and a half. I think mainly because Bill Murray pretty much saves that movie. Oh, God, Bill Murray just saves the entire second half. Yeah, oh. if it if they cast like say somebody else in that role, it would just been I would have had to give it like a beginning. I mean, I love the I love like his blue was a hoot. Like that whole bee scene had me laughing. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he, from what it sounded like, John Favreau had a hard time getting him to do it. And then I mean, Bill Murray's finally... difficult to get. I mean, like like I mean, Bill Murray does what Bill Murray does. I mean, he has an eight hundred number. Anybody is free to cast him if you call the number and you leave a voicemail. But he doesn't really do much after that. Like, they had a big spread in entertainment. He didn't show up for that. I mean, he's kind of talented. Yeah. But when he does do work, he does a good job. Uh, by the way, Sharita gives it four out of five Cosmic Afros. So oh, really? Over. It's about in line. That's, yeah. Not bad. Not bad. So, do you wish uh, something else was out this weekend? <laughs> I was grateful for the Breaver, considering, you know, the onslaught we're about Receive here. Well, it was be- it's mm. better than it's better than what Batman. Oh, it's better than Batman versus Superman. Goddamn it! Oh, okay, <laughs> it deserves its success. I'm not yeah. well by the numbers. <laughs> I was I was a bit disappointed in the film, but I I, I still think it's a well made film. It's a it's a good film. It's just yeah. not something I found it particularly enjoyable. Yeah, I mean, it's a good family film, honestly. And there were some scary scenes in there, maybe especially towards the beginning. Got to come with Shakira. But yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, it's still a good movie. Well, I mean, I I kind of wanted to see. I don't know if I felt it in my in my bones a little bit that that it was going to be good but not great. But for some reason, I wanted to see it after I saw uh, Barbershop Three. Not that Barbershop Three was going to be like you, you know the movie of the weekend and stuff, but I was kind of curious to see how uh, how they would take it. Uh, um, you know, from the first one. Did anybody else see Barbershop 3? No, I think this is all on you. On this I one. went to a Barbershop three times. Wow. <laughs> I, I, I sang Wait, three pieces. Did, you, did with your the hair get jacked that much? You sang three pieces. So, Ice Cube comes back and the whole gang and stuff. And um, uh, in, in, in this one, uh, I forget the whole name, Barbershop 3. 
But in this one, um, uh, he's addressing the whole movie. Is addressing the violence in Chicago, and it, 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 you connect with it because Ice Cube is trying to protect his son from joining, you know, a gang or whatever, and um, and Common also has a son that they're trying that he's trying to protect, and um, it had a couple. It had a couple good storylines in there that were serious. Uh, it it certainly was silly, as the barbershop series is. It certainly is, you know, rooted in what is the black barbershop culture, right? But just, you know, just put on stage. It's it's amped up a little bit. The brother from um, Blackish, the friend from Blackish. Oh, 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 the one that plays uh, Charlie. Charlie? He was hilarious. Like, he, I think he's the next one. I think he's the next comedian. I don't know, I don't know how far his range of comedy goes because he is basically playing the same character that he plays in Blackish, but yeah. it works so well, especially when he was talking to, like, the ladies or when he was just saying how he got mugged. <laughs> he got mugged like twice in one day and the second mugger beat him up cuz he let the first mugger mug him. It was just... <laughs> so it was um it had a lot of things. You know normally I criticize I I say more white people should see black films uh if if they're if they have a story that you know that, you know, a multicultural audience could relate to. But in this case, I don't know. I would say this was, you know, a black a, a a story about black people, you know, that was for black people. And I'm not going to say that anybody else couldn't relate to it because the stuff was funny. Like Fridays, people can relate to Fridays. People can relate to uh, coming to America, stuff like that. Huh? They can relate to appetizers. That what? Oh jeez! I didn't hear what you said. I, I swear I'm going. I swear I'm going to throw you off the podcast and uh, the, well, um, no, I mean, I, I mean, it wasn't on par with the first uh, barbershop because I. That I is so. a really good movie. I mean that that was a really good movie. I enjoyed it. Uh, I didn't. I didn't. Haven't got a chance to see the second one, but uh, you know, the second one was so so. I never really watched it. I watched a part of it, but yeah. I think this one was much closer to the same level that the first one did uh 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 daniel um i mean not daniel malcolm lee had directed mm. it spike lee's brother and he's got a way of mixing like lightheartedness with serious uh with, with serious storytelling because uh i uh i think the best man's holiday which i saw a couple years back had a really good balance of comedy brotherhood you know, black guys just hanging out together and tragedy, right? And this one did the same thing. It was interesting because I look at this and I kind of look at what Spike Lee tried to do with, do with uh, Chirac. And I was like, well, this one had more comedy than Chirac, but was dealing with shootings and stuff like that. Like, there was a sad part in it that you were like, you know, it, it, it was probably telegram. You probably could see it coming, but there's a sad part in there. It's like, damn, that's messed up. That kind of brings the issue of violence and stuff to the forefront and stuff. But at the same time, you got um, 
you got everybody kind of busting on each other and ripping each other and stuff like that. And that's what the barbershop is. That's what, you, you know, the culture and the community is and stuff. So I give it, um, you know, the surprising thing is that it was getting just about the same rating as Jungle Book on, uh, you know, on the different systems on uh, yeah. Rotten Tomatoes and stuff like that. But I, I would I would also give it, I think, about a, uh, yeah, about a three, about three to five. The, the only thing, the corniness of it is the only thing that kind of lets it stay there, not be higher. Like it wasn't, of course, it wasn't sophisticated comedy, but it was just corny comedy. And it was, you know, kind of like you saw the situations were pretty stereotypical and stuff. I, I, what was surprising was Nicki Minaj actually did a pretty good job acting. Oh, see, that's the funny thing. He he does that. He did that in um in the second uh barbershop where he brought out uh Eve was in it, and Eve was surprisingly good. Good. Yeah. And I would say that Nicki Minaj actually had a handle on the delivery of lines and, 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 you know, maybe comedic or dramatic, uh, uh, you know, cue points. I'd say that she was better than Eve. Eve's not uh, bad, but I would say Nicki Minaj was actually better than I mean, Eve. I'm not saying Nicki Minaj acts through like half her. It's <laughs> the next, uh, you know, yeah. I'm just saying that Yo. it was nice to see her. Not dissing Nikki, but she knows no, she no. she knows she's uh, acting. She knows you how know she me. I'll her all I want. <laughs> no, oh, see, and, uh... because because here's the thing, like everybody's gonna look at Nicki Minaj for what he, she does and for what she looks like, and everybody's gonna just kind of brush her off or write her off because no. But what I'm what I'm trying to say though is it's it's just acting. Period. Just her acting. Well, you want to look at it acting gonna, a fool or whatever. going to dismiss that yeah. because of how she looks. Yeah, and yeah, that, that's, that's my whole point. Like, how can you sit there and say, you know, she's done this, this, and that, and that's all she is if unless you give her a chance, unless you actually watch her and say, oh, wait a minute, she is okay in this. She's okay in that or whatever, you know? So, I, you know, out of the entertainers that I'm... Oh, and another thing. Common has a sparkle in his eye that he can't get rid of. Where you, where you been? Have you not watched this movie? Common yeah. is like the, 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 the upper upper of, of freaking Will Smith. Like Will Smith had it and it snuck out. No, a comic no, is on the stage and it's like just shines me. on his you're face. You're not getting me. Will Smith can play a dramatic role. He can make you tear up or whatever. Common, it, whether he's talking about terrible things like tragedies or you know whatever gangsters or something like that there's still a sparkle in his eye that's <laughs> like almost like he's kind of laughing like a i think he could play a joker dude, dude, think... <laughs> dude no i'm with you there's i know exactly what you see this is this is what i'm saying about <laughs> back of his eyes that speaks a little insanity or dude. something but no, that's what I'm saying about this. Why I threw Will Smith in. Will Smith, he proved himself to break away and go into these different roles. But, you know, Will started off with this yeah, but one he thing. Can, he doesn't have the spark. But, he can actually get into character. Yeah. We believe the character. But don't get me wrong. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I am agreeing with you. that Because that, um, trying to look at him and 
put him in different roles, he seems to always go back into the same role. Even when he played next to The Rock, and I thought The Rock would be stuck in this role where he, when it, um, what movie was it? Was it Be Cool they were in together? Uh, Be Cool, yeah. And, and and I'm watching both of them together, and The Rock, I'm just like, okay, Rock, he can only do this comedy, dude. But The Rock character changed throughout that that movie, and it's just like, okay. And and, and and no, Common was Common. He was like, even in the, the other movie he played with, um, uh, uh, who was the singer? Who is the singer? It's another movie he played in, but I, he's that same character. That's yeah. all I'm saying. I'm he looks saying Common has his twinkle. Yeah. In his you know eye. what? You're right, because I mean, I've seen him in like a few different rooms, uh, uh, roles. Right. And it's like he has something there, even though he's trying to play straight. Like, now you see me. He's playing like a tough, a, a, a tough detective, and it's like he's got. A, he's like smizing in my life. Yeah, and it's ball. funny it's that smizing. you say you say twinkle in his eye because when you look at him, it's like yo, it's weird. It's just he's one of them dudes. I don't know. He might be. He might. I don't know. Maybe he's a wizard or something. Maybe he's got some magic. You know, but or but American all Gangster. All... Yeah, in American Gangster, same shit. It's Dude, like... <laughs> it's his face. That's why it's like it's funny you say his Terminator eyes. Salvation. Like, yeah. I don't know what it is. I, all I know is Nikki surprised me a little bit. I want to see her do, and I know Hollywood's going to typecast her, whatever. It would be so interesting to see her. And her voluptuousness and everything just be something else other than what the world has been. Or not even the world, what she's painted herself, right? As as an artist, but also has evolved in a different way that doesn't necessarily promote her physical sexuality, but more her artistic sexuality. See, and that's the, that's the scary part because her herself... Or not artistic power. Not sexual, but her power. And then the thing that scares is that not, not scare me, but upsets me is her herself. She knows what she can do, and right. and like you said, being being put into that category, that's where I think the issue would be. Like she had this opportunity now because of the people who hired her, the team right. she was on, and who put this together. Now her going out to try to get other roles because, come on, got to be honest. Just because you're out there doesn't mean you can just walk into a studio and just get any role you want. Yeah. yeah. So she exactly. even picks a role that she thinks she can do. She can still get pushed to the side because... I, again, I'm not saying that she's the most talented or anything like that. I was just surprised at the level of acting that she delivered in the film. So, yeah, 3.5. You get about 3.5 Cosmic Afros. Maybe, maybe even 3.75 because I just, I just found myself smiling. Or you you know chuckling a lot or smiling and stuff. It's just that corny factor. That corn factor was so heavy, and the message was a little heavy. That's what happens when you have comedians thrown into the mix. Oh, too. it's, it's yeah, crazy. Please stop I, changing your writing. No, 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 <laughs> just no, like I am tweeting. I just tweeted like. I just hope. I I just hope that she. You gave it a three point two five. I, I just okay, we have to have like majority done. rule. We, I guess we have the majority. We have to rule on what is exactly is Geek's all first. No, the tweet the ruled. Whatever went out. This last one was the most. Yeah, recent. whatever went out. Three point yeah. five. Uh, I, I just hope her her acting is better than her rapping. That's all I. That's all I'm. <laughs> See, and I, I have to go on you. Not a bit. I wish she stopped with the pop rapping and go back to the street rapping. No, 
I didn't even think she could street rap, to tell you the truth. <laughs> nah, her street rap is on her street rap is on point. When she be pit pop. <laughs> pit, her oh pit my pop. goodness. A rap. Yeah, no. Nah. Nah. Uh, box office totals. Did we you lose? Are... M Dog? I was trying yeah, to make yeah, it quicker. Yeah. No, I'm here. I'm here. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Let's get some water. We're doing the box office. <laughs> yes, we're doing no, the you're box. doing the box office. <laughs> Alright. Alright. Number one, I mean, I'll we'll have a talk after this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Number one, obvious, uh, Jungle Book, 103 million. Two, Barbershop, uh, St. Clinton gave it a four, four out of five, by the way, mm. is uh, two, uh, 20 million. Number three, Boss, which is apparently still out, is 9.9 million. Four, nobody gives a crap. Superman with 9 million. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, number five is uh, Utopia with eight million. It just, it, all, it just barely lost to Batman v Superman on its in its eighth week. Yep, it uh, made over three hundred million as well. So it's the tenth animated movie ever to do that in the U.S. Uh, so good for it. Number six, uh, I didn't see it. Apparently, no one else did. But Criminal got uh, five point seven. Wah, wah. Yeah. Number <laughs> seven, uh, I still for I can't believe they put this out of the factory quitting two, made another three point two million. Number eight, miracles from heaven clearly don't exist. It was only made one point nine million. Oh. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Number nine, God's not dead two. Nobody gives a crap about this. another one point eight million. Uh and I in the Sky, whatever that is, 1.5. And that's the movie about surveillance drones. Oh, okay, that one of Helen Mirren, right? Yes. And number eleven, I'll mention because we talked about it recently. Hardcore Henry made another uh, 1.4. And uh, and this week, second week, there we go. I, I watched that after um, the last week's podcast. It was good. I agree with Shadow. Could have been a deeper story, but then again, I, I was happy with it. It was cool. Uh, Hardcore Henry, yeah. Okay. okay. It was not too bad. Uh, movies coming out this weekend, Dollar. Hello! You have selected movies coming out this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> First, we have The Huntsman, Winter's War. What? You didn't ask for this? Well, screw you! Next, we have Compadres. It is an action film. It is playing in about 3,350 3, theaters less than The Huntsman's Winter War. <laughs> Next, we have Elvis and Nixon. It is a drama. It stars that guy who played Zod from uh, from Midnight Special. It is playing in 29 <laughs> theaters more than Capaldre's. <laughs> Next, we have a bunch of movies you have never heard of and probably don't care about. Such as Holidays. It is a horror picture. A hologram for the king. It is a drama. How to let go of the world and let all love and love all things climate change can't change. That is a piece of crap that Sarah Palin complained and talked about. Mm-hmm. Next, we have The Meddler. It is about Sarah Palin. Next, <laughs> we have... <laughs> Next, we have Men and Chicken. It is... I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know if I would ever want to see something called that. 
<laughs> Next, we have that long-delayed Project Ito thing, the Empire of Corpses, but not genocidal and engine because they haven't finished that one yet. It is animation on Tuesday. Next, we have Sworn Version. It is foreign. Next, we have Tale of Tales. It is a fantasy. And last but not least, we have A Touch of Zen, the Kung Fu movie, which has just been announced from the Criterion Collection. Ooh. King Hu. King Hu. Next week, we have Keanu. That is the only movie coming out next week. Ratchet Clank also. Ratchet Clank. What? I'm going to watch the kitty. Uh, no, no, no. Anyway, thank you, Mr. Faux Movie Phone. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Tom. <laughs> he dialed the wrong number. Mr. Faux Movie Phone. All right. All right, let's wrap up. We had a great show. Hope you guys enjoyed it out there in geek lands and geek spaces. Uh, love Michelle coming on show, Michelle Labretta. Um Again, check out Killjoys when it comes back season two. Look out for sci-fi channels. Actually, you can see the whole first season. I believe they still have it on sci-fi.com. And you can check it out. It's a good show. Definitely check it out. Um, next week, I don't know what we're doing. but uh, I don't know how we can top after tonight. That's all I know. <laughs> no, I know. Like we cop out every said, night. I'll be working on a few more guests. And, um, you know, we'll see who we can get on the show. And also, I know Minority Venoms are working on their guests and stuff. So we'll... We'll see, but uh, check us out on Twitter, mdoll957, Leah underscore she, Howard Toby, Luminous, uh, Jonathan J. Stone Zero, Real Lord Dale, Phil Rican underscore Uno, Sharita22, and uh, for all your nerdy... Oh, I'm sorry, Narcy Mana. Sorry about that, Shadow. It's fine. And uh, for all your nerdy news, <laughs> five, five Nerdy Venoms, Facebook, Twitter, and also me, Geek Soul Brother, Facebook, Twitter, Google Plus, YouTube. I got my uh, 15 sci-fi shows that should never have been canceled on uh, YouTube. So check that out. Also, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Subscribe to the podcast. Uh, Give us some likes on Facebook. Give us some follows on Twitter. And when you go to geeksoulbrother.com, other than just enjoying the the reviews and the trailers and stuff like that, check out that donate button. That's that. Don't hate. Don't hate. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> hate do not. Check out that donate don't hate button. Drop a couple dollars in there. We'd really appreciate it. As a matter of fact, you could do a reoccurring donation, even a dollar. If I could get a dollar from ten percent of my followers on Twitter, that would be enough to uh, finance a little room, a little studio for us, a little bit of, you know, equipment and all of that. That'd be great. So and, and save, if you the don't, podcaster. save the podcaster. And if you don't, <laughs> and if you donate right now, we'll throw in this this wonderful Geek Soul Brother coffee mug and tote bag. Okay, what if <laughs> no, we, we get the free wrap? Uh, no, dollar make me holla. Okay, what if the overkill start playing uh, Sarah McLaughlin at this point? Yeah. <laughs> Or no, just you, you know he'll today. do it. Yeah, you know, but I am working on Patreon, and I am going to ask you guys on Twitter uh, what um, you know what would be some rewards that you guys would like. So we'll definitely check that out. Saturday Night Sci-Fi was great. We watched Blade Runner. 
Dalek, thank you for joining. You usually don't show up, but you showed up for this. Schooled everybody on the work print. So that was cool. Uh-oh, teacher in the house. He was teaching. He was teaching the noobs. But, uh, yeah, Why, that ran pretty you, fine. And, uh, how did you watch the theatrical cut? That's like the one version everybody hates. Well, that's, that's the why. Netflix had. So. Well, go, go back and watch the good one. Exactly. Yeah, watch a good one. I don't hate it. I just know that there's others that are better. But um, um, this week I put up Black Mirror versus Sens Eight, and Black Mirror won by I don't know six percent, fifty three to forty seven. It was real close. So uh, we'll be watching Black Mirror episodes two and three because that first episode wasn't quite uh, dark enough. It was dark enough. It was near enough. Dark. No, uh, you know what? <clears throat> it was a good episode. I just don't feel that it was as sci-fi related as the rest of the episodes. So we're going to start with two and three. If people want to go back and see episode one, that's fine. You know, so we'll do that. But yeah, this Saturday, Black Mirror, uh, come check us out. Otherwise, hope you guys enjoyed the show. Uh, be back next week, next Tuesday, 10 p.m. Thanks, you guys, in the chat. Um, had some really great chat chats going on. Actually, I've seen it. Uh, uh, St. Clinton and Mutsky and uh, Mike No and uh, a few others that were in there. Really appreciate you guys joining in. Archie Mann is in there. Really appreciate you guys. But of course, we'll join you guys next week. Talk to you later. Peace. And now, and now in honor of uh, this week's topic, which we ended up not spending much time on, I offer you the theme tune for the best adaptation of, of Rudyard Kipling. I had to. I just had to. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.